Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week on Tia Time. We'll get to the show in just a moment. First, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have posted a rating on Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast is an app that can be downloaded to your phone or computer. The algorithm it uses allows more artists and art enthusiasts like yourselves to hear about the show. So if you haven't posted a rating yet, do it now. Thank you. On with the show. Welcome to Tia Time with Artists, the weekly podcast where we discuss the methods, challenges, and real-life experiences of living our creative dreams. What kind of creative warrior are you? Musician? Filmmaker? Painter? Choreographer? Poet? Sculptor? Fashionista? Let's talk about it right now. I'm your host, Tia Imani Hanna. Welcome to Tia Time with Artists, and this week my guest is Florella Strings, who is Carla Rivers Johnson on violin and Jasmine James on cello, and they are a Detroit duo of string players, women fortified with strength of beautiful music. So (laughs) thank you for coming on the show today. This is amazing, Grace. again. (laughs) Thank you. We put our own little spin on it. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about how you two started playing the instruments that you play, a little bit about how you guys actually met and have in working your professional journey. Like, how did you go from being amateur players to professional players? First, thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. We're happy to be here to you. Happy to be here. My goodness, you asked how we met. I really yep. don't even remember. It's Do you? It's hard to pinpoint exactly where Carla and I first interacted with each other. Our parents, I want to say, are probably the reason, whether that was through some sort of music summer camp or institute, our parents became one, being one of the few Black children in a music Institute, of course, our parents are going to become friends, lifelong friends. Our parents are still very close, actually. So I want to say that's where we joined together initially, but we had to have been seven, eight, six, seven, eight young. Mm-hmm. I think early on in our musical journey. Carla, do you want to start by saying how you got started with violin? I actually started with piano. I started with piano at the age of four. In my family, my my paternal grandmother was actually a piano teacher down in Mobile, Alabama, down south. So my father comes from a musical background and my mother comes from 
a background that places a very heavy emphasis on education and the arts. She's the oldest of eight girls. All of them outside of their academic studies also played musical instruments. And then once they had children, all of us had to pick up an instrument, piano plus one other instrument. So I started with piano at the age of four. And then I remember in elementary school, a teacher coming around to our classrooms and asking if anyone wanted to join the orchestra and band. And I went me and I went over and I don't think I started with the violin. It's hard for me to really remember. I know that I cycled through trumpet and the drums. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually really love the trumpet. And I think I may have even done like clarinet or something. And somehow I landed on the violin. And so from there, when my parents saw that I was enjoying it, I was taking it seriously in school. They said, okay, let's start private study. And so I started my private study with Stacey Bowen on violin. I continued piano. At that time, I was studying with Miss Marks over on Outer Drive. And then eventually I went on to study with Mr. Arthur LeBrew. And eventually violin became my primary instrument, not piano. And so that that's just a little bit of how I got started. Jasmine, how about you? Very sim, very similar. Uh, my grandmother who raised me had a very intense focus on education and the arts as well. My grandmother has a PhD in African-American studies and Black family. Getting a quality education was always at the top of her priority. However, in the midst of her teaching, when I was a young child, she needed daycare so that she could teach during the summer. So we were living in Flint at the time, and she saw a sign that said, Flint Institute of Music, they offered lunch. And it was for a string camp. So she enrolled me. My mother played previously the cello. My grandmother played the violin as well as the piano. So this was only fitting. So I, similar to Carla, don't believe I started on cello either. I think I wanted to play the viola. It's a shout out for all you violists out there. I love you. (laughs) I wanted to play the viola. And my grandmother was like, we have a cello at home. (laughs) So I ended up on the cello. That's totally fine. I fell in love with it instantly. I was the type of child to try to sleep with my cello in the crib. One would cry when it would break. So from very early on, I was very passionate about the instrument. But then I continued to study in Flint. That's where my grandmother was teaching at U of M. And I began to notice that my passion was outweighing my studies with school. So the Flint Institute of Arts was like, why don't we have you audition for Tony Elliott at U of M? So I was a little itty bitty thing, had never really done any auditions or anything. And he took me on as a student. And at the time, I didn't realize how fortunate I was to be his only baby cello polywog, as I call myself, and to study with him from adolescence until high school, where I ended up going to Cast Tech. And Carla and I really, that's where we started to play together daily studying under Mark Haas and in a more intimate setting too. in a far more intimate setting in a quartet which won state a math master competition in 20 
Oh, I don't remember what year. Maybe we don't say what year that was. Carla and I really started to work together intensely in high school for one year. We only had that one year. And then I went off to Interlochen Arts Academy and studied with Crispin Campbell. Later ended up going to Western and to Arizona for school. So I was removed from the equation here in Detroit for quite some time. And Carla and I remained Facebook friends, mm-hmm. phone friends, but that was it for a while. After that big win, and then I was gone and Carla went off to state and I was at Western in Arizona. However many years fast forward... Mm. 2022, here we are creating something I don't think we ever imagined that one year in high school that we would accomplish something like this. Yeah. Ah, that, that's a journey. <laughs> yeah. That's for a journey. Sure. So Carla, when did you think that you wanted to become a professional doing this? Because it sounds you were doing it a little bit here and there just because you guys had that big win, like you said, in high school. And then you went your separate ways. So did you always want to do it professionally or not so much? I've always enjoyed music. I've always had a passion for music. But performing, I've always been somewhat of an introvert. Always very shy. It's very difficult to get me up in front of a group of people. That may have something to do with the fact that I was an only child. But I never really saw myself performing per se, even though in high school, we performed at the Fox several times after we won the massive competition, which was a huge deal for us winning first place. I remember we played Death of the Maiden, but we were able to play that through the Evening of Fine Arts as our string quartet at the Fox Theater. I remember doing a solo at the Fox Theater and I performed with Cameron Barnes, a a duet. I can't remember. He played viola at that time, but Even still having been able to perform solo and a duet and quartet, still never really saw myself being a performer. It wasn't until after I left college and was able to play with some other musical colleagues through another band that I really started performing and really found that I enjoyed it. Really found that I enjoyed it. And I said, huh. I could see myself doing something like this. But at that time, I did not have the foresight to really dive in headfirst and create something for myself. And so fresh out of college, I went and got myself a corporate job. (laughs) And that consumed a lot of my time and energy. I was still playing. I was still performing, but still not doing anything for myself, if that makes sense. So I was playing with other people, playing for other people, but it wasn't really necessarily my vision for myself and how I would do things. It wasn't my brainchild. Now I share brainchild with Jasmine, but it really allowed me to see a different side of myself that I didn't know was there. And so that's where the idea was born that maybe, hey, I could probably do this, but I did not have the courage to pull away from consistent pay, from a structured environment. And so I stayed at my job for quite some time and didn't make the decision to up and leave until this year. I just got up and left. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then the creation of Florella happening at that time when you decided to leave. You wanted to create something for yourself. And then Jasmine, how did you get pulled into this creation? 
Very similarly, in fact, Carla's story just prorated a year prior, essentially. The pandemic brought a lot of illumination for me. So to answer your question, recently, I would say, did performing become a true passion and a true desire? I also worked in my corporate position for many years, and I really enjoyed it, the benefits that came along with it. But something clicked when I realized my musical opportunities were causing me to call off work. So I really had to assess, wait a minute, where am I really enjoying my time here? Of course, you want to talk about finances and things like that. But Jasmine, what makes you most comfortable and most happy. And I was like, holy cow, it's playing at the Aretha with my friends because it was amazing. It's such a rush. And so it it was a slow transition, but I eventually cut the cord and started moving on my own as a solo instrumentalist and really enjoying the opportunities that were popping up. And then having been more in contact with Carla over the past few years, we're both now married and have husbands and there are things that we can relate to each other about. So we're spending more time together. We're living on the same street at one point. And so it just, I feel like it clicked. We were like, if we're both going to be vulnerable, maybe we should try being vulnerable together. Very recent for us, but I think we are very certain that this is what we were supposed to be doing a long time ago. We're just now finally getting into it. All right. So is the... This part is fulfilling in the sense that you got the stuff that you're looking for, that piece that was missing in your corporate world. And then working with a friend and somebody you've known for all these years, it's got to be satisfying. So now you've got new vistas, I guess, to say. What is that trying to create this new corporation or this new business? So you can find us on pretty much all social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok. Instagram right now, but you can find us on all those platforms and our website. But I don't think we really anticipated how much this was going to stretch us. And thank God we live so close (laughs) and we don't mind each other's company because this has been a daily thing. We have been either at each other's front door, in each other's closet, in each other's brains every day for several months. And I don't think anyone's ever prepared to just have a massive shift in life like that, but we did it pretty seamlessly. And I would not have picked anyone besides Carla to do this work with me because she works hard consistently. And I appreciate her for that. So it's been a process. Carla, you want to share any of the hurt (laughs) or any of the pain that we've endured over these past few months? I think you said it best. I did not anticipate that it would be as labor intensive as it is, we're not just trying to gig per se. We're not just trying to get out here and play, but we're trying to create an experience for the masses. We want to create a platform where we can share music via public and private events for the masses, but we want to do it in a way where it's tailored to any particular client's vision. We want it to be done with excellence. We believe in excellence. We believe in Black excellence. So we really want to make sure that everything is done properly, with decency, with intentions. We have taken the time to really try and do our research and create something that is meaningful to us first, Mm -hmm. that we can then share with people. And I think that has been the biggest part of this process. This 
has been something that we've been thinking about for, I think, just over a year. But we didn't start executing on our vision until this year, probably going into the second quarter. And we decided to kick it into high gear. We've been talking about it, but we decided it was time to walk the walk, walk the talk. Yes. Talk the talk, walk the (laughs) walk, walk, walk. something like that. (laughs) And so ever since we made that decision and also decided to step out on faith, having exited our jobs, we really had no other choice. And so it has been a daily thing. We've been learning as we're going, but it's been, it's been an awesome experience and it's been very rewarding because it's something that we're doing for ourselves and not something that we're doing for others. So we've learned a ton. We've had great support from our families, from our spouses. So that's been a huge plus to have them step in and help us sometimes. But a lot of this we've learned through trial and error. We've done it ourselves. We built our website ourselves. Yeah. Gosh, (laughs) I didn't know that I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was an experience in and of itself to do the, to have to be able to control and manage the business side of things in addition to playing, playing the music, the fun part. (laughs) And and there've been times where our spouses have had to remind us, it's not just about the business, it's about the music. Don't forget why you started this in the first place, but we want for everything to be just, and so we've come along. String players. Yeah. String players are, we're just like that. (laughs) Yep. Classically trained at that. We were born into structure. Uh Exactly. (laughs) So Suffice it to say, it has been an experience. It has been a journey. It has been a true journey and we're just getting into the thick of things, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And just to echo what Jasmine has said, I think that we have found a gem in each other and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been super rewarding. So I think we're really excited to finally have put ourselves out there. We didn't have all of our ducks in a row. If you continue to just wait and try and prepare, you may never put yourself out there. So we decided to go ahead and put ourselves out there and introduce Florella, which is inspired by an African butterfly. Okay. Okay. It's inspired by an African migrant butterfly. And uh, I think the name too has a lot of meaning for us as well. We tried to make sure that everything that we did with this project had some sort of meaning to us as individuals and as a collective. So how Florella was born. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a great journey. Now you mentioned when you were saying that about black excellence. So Mm -hmm. now I'm going to throw this question out there because a lot of groups, especially in the Detroit area, We'll say yes, black excellence, but does that mean you don't work at events that aren't black or will we only work for black people? Because that is one of those insidious things that Mm -hmm. creeps in. And I've noticed that in the Detroit area that happens. I don't know if it happens in Atlanta. I don't know if it happens in places where there's a predominant black population. Um, But I do wonder if that's popped up at all. Are you getting calls from people who are not black? I, when you said black excellence, that brought something to my forefront, which is Carla and I also share our middle school experience at Alonzo W. Bates Academy School of the Gifted and Talented, right? So we'll never forget that entire title. But coming from a predominantly black middle school, predominantly white high school, I went to Interlock, interacted with cultural backgrounds from everywhere. Having a grandmother who focuses on African-American studies, being grounded in our Blackness and our womanhood, understanding the importance of Black bottom, understanding the importance of Conant Gardens and sustaining the communities in our immediate circle, playing for our people, I think 
is always a priority. Why not uplift those who have gotten us to this point? But as far as interactions with other cultures and other races, I believe that Florella, we have to make a point to connect people through music. Outside of all of the other BS that is important to talk about, we want to connect with our music. So it's important to us that our clients feel that we respect their heritage and their culture. So we want to learn more about Arab music. We want to know more about Jewish culture so that we can support them the way we would hope to be supported. Our core values as Florella are honesty, integrity, We have one more. Honesty, integrity. I'll just throw perseverance out there. So that being the case, I feel like we should be inclusive regardless, but we know our roots and we know where we stand with our community. But I think it's a fair mix of people who reach out to us. Absolutely. I wouldn't say it's one-sided and I don't think we are either. Okay. That's cool. I wasn't even trying to, I wasn't trying to make it a statement. I just wanted to to have that question. I love talking about stuff like this. (laughs) Yeah, because it's important. And it's, I've been in many situations where it's okay, what kind of music do you play because Mm -hmm. you are Black? Or can you play this kind of music too? Or we expect you to only play this kind of music. Or if you're in the group and you're the only Black person, wear something ethnic, I've been told many times. And which means I'm supposed to wear African prints or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't own any African prints. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Even if I did, I would say I didn't. Because it was like, what are you trying to say here? I don't know if you guys have run into any of that in your careers. But I think we had it in early our careers, on. yes. Early on, but together, not yet. <laughs> okay. okay. And then it, I know on your website, you talk about the different kinds of pop music and you have different styles for different events and occasions. Mm-hmm. So do, do you pull from the pop lexicon, the rock lexicon or, and like light classical or like serious mm-hmm. quartet type music or duet kind of stuff? Or how do you, it's just, what does the client want or how do you pick? Yeah, I'd say what the client wants. We definitely have our favorites or maybe I'm speaking for myself, no, you're but not. okay. <laughs> We love tango music. Okay. <laughs> that is a Florella favorite. Tango, strictly classical, we've got it. R&B, we've got it. Motown, super exciting, we've got it. So we just try to stay as diverse as possible. I think we really can play anything. Okay. Um, just give us some time, but we really are open to a wide range of music. We know where we came from, though, and that classical is king. And without that, we would be nothing. But yeah, we can do a little bit of everything. No, and that's good to know. I just wanted to know what kinds of things. So I know you're just starting out. You just, I think Florella just put up the website recently, mm-hmm. right? Yep, August 1st. Just over a week. So eventually you'll probably have some more, some sound samples and things like yes. that. And Okay, so you guys that's, are working and you're trying to get your sound <laughs> samples up. You're trying to get, Oh yeah. you got the photos done. Part mm-hmm. of this whole podcast too is like how we encouraging other artists to say, look, yeah. we did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you said, you, you, you start with something and you just go with it and you trial and error it as much as you can. And then you talk to people. Do you guys have a mentor? We don't. We have previous teachers who still support us, mm-hmm. who we're friends with on Facebook and who call from time to time. But I think that's definitely on our to-do list is to 
perhaps feel embraced by someone who has done similar things, someone that we can really relate to. That's something I think we we need. Wouldn't hurt. (laughs) For sure. Tia, are you taking applications? (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about it. We can talk about it for sure. I can give you the information I have. We can all help each other out. That is fine. Yeah, we're like sponges right now. We really are in the mood to learn. You never stop learning. I'm an educator, so I'm teaching children, but I I still need, I have a lot to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you're on the right track. Come on. You're doing the thing. You're doing your, you're taking the, you're taking the risk. You're on the cliff edge. Mm-hmm. Musicians, artists, we jump off cliffs all the time. That's the key that you have to do it. You do yeah. it and you jump and you knit the parachute on the way down. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Yeah, that's what we're finding out. (laughs) You might have a little hole that's flapping in the wind, but you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then you turn it into one of those things, the kite sit you hold, you turn it into one of those and you float over to the side. And then there's a hot Uh air balloon on the way you grab. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how it works. So it sounds like you guys are on the right track and, and going in the right direction. And I'm excited to hear and see what you guys do. Thank you. uh, Thank you. And hopefully I'll pass stuff along as as I hear about it. So you can get some gigs and and I definitely am here. If you have questions for my limited bits of knowledge, I will share. Oh no, Tia, you're a wealth. (laughs) Wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and playing for us and telling us about your experience. And also just, is there anything like bucket list for Florel that you want? I know it's new, but is there a thing that you just really see for Florella? Mm. I'll let you start. <laughs> anything that I just really see for Florella besides general success? <laughs> yes. Besides general success, is there something that you really want to do as a duo? I want to play at the Brazil Song Festival and whatever. Think on our immediate bucket list. Am I allowed to share our idea? that we want to execute on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have to run everything by each other. We can't just make decisions by ourselves. I have to make it so make sure it's okay with my partner here. So on our immediate bucket list. So Jasmine really loves Christmas. Really loves Christmas. I love the holidays too. But she's got a thing about Christmas. Several Christmas trees every year. And so she's had a thing for the past year and a half, two years about wanting to do a Christmas concert. And so one thing that's on our Christmas, I'm sorry, on our Christmas list, on our bucket list (laughs) is to try to put together a Christmas concert. And we're hoping that if not this year, maybe next year, because I don't want to put something out there that we've not necessarily put a whole lot of thought into is that we want to do a benefit concert. And it would be for young upcoming artists, young students. We want to create a space where we can not only just enjoy the arts, but promote the arts, support the arts. We would like to use any proceeds to possibly give scholarships to students for whether it's instruments or programming, just to be able to support them the way that we were supported. We had so much support growing up. And even still now, one thing that I've noticed, I've got four children in my home, seeing a lot of kids coming through the pandemic the last two years, the hit 
that the arts programs took, even prior to the pandemic, but even more, the pandemic just compounded it. And so the arts really took a serious hit. And so how do we try and help these students and these children get back on track? And how do we show them that they've got community behind them? And so that's one of the small things that we would like to do to show our good faith in the generation that's coming behind us is that we're here, set an example and create a stage to share with them and invite the generation before us and bring everyone together to remember why we're here and what it is that we're trying to do. So that's one of the things that's on our immediate bucket list for this year. We're hoping for, fingers crossed, but if not this year, then next year, that's one thing that we really want to do and call in all of our friends, hint, (laughs) (laughs) to come and join us. Uh And maybe donate their time and talent so that we can raise up the next generation. Yeah. Okay. I think pretty much everything for big goals of encapsulate community, literally all of them. We have a DPS symposium that we're performing at this weekend. And I'm really excited. It'll be at Renaissance. And I have not stepped foot in there before, but I feel like that's a really great way to introduce Florella to where we came from, which is so really Renaissance exciting. High School, yes. Yep. Okay. So things like that, I think, are definitely in our immediate future and then our far-reaching future. But aside from that, I also see Carla and I being iconic in some way where our music is authentic meaning we're writing our own music or having our or having music written for us and we are creating productions that are visual and that are enticing to the viewers so essentially creating moving musical art is what i see for florella because creativity is something that is really interesting to work with another person on so opening carla up opening myself up and creating things, creating projects, I think is going to be something that we do a lot of in the future. My husband is a videographer, so he does that work for us. So that's bringing in more of the community, bringing in his friends who are in film, bringing in our sound engineers, things like that. I want to meet new people from different countries to do sound for us. I think Florella will be more than just Detroit-based eventually. So those are big, far-reaching, but I don't know. I'm the type to think that if we put our minds to it, we have no choice and we will accomplish. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I want to see you do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, we will. We will. There's a lot of people waiting on us and it's like, okay, <laughs> we're coming, we're coming. We will have sound samples for you soon enough. We're going into the studio here pretty soon, too. Yep, we'll be in the studio later this month, and that's the first. We are normally hired into the studio, not hiring the studio. So this is really exciting to be on this side of things, finally. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you both for coming on the show and sharing your experiences and your goals, and we're rooting for you. So thank uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And thanks for listening to us play. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks again, Thank you guys. You. All right. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on Tia Time with Artist. Make sure to visit our website at tiaviolin.com where you can subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. 
please leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts to expand the reach of the show. We really appreciate that help. And we'd also like to say thank you so very much to our sponsors, Michigan Archer, a program of Michigan State University Extension, and Cold Plunge Records. And also all of our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. We'll see you next week at Tea Time.